to here. And uh, if you know who it's coming from, she doesn't particularly like microphones, but she wants to share about the goodness of God. And so I'm going to take this microphone back to Helen Davis. And she has a beautiful story to tell. And it's not a story. It's a story about just God's grace and God's mercy to her family, right? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. You can use the word miracle, right? Yes. You want to hear you go. You ready? Okay. I'll stand next to you. I Hold just you up. thought about our songs that we sang today. Uh, two weeks ago, our son and his children and grandchildren, they rented a houseboat up at Shasta. And uh, he was out fishing, but the other six people were in the, I got to remember, hold on a second, was um, in the boat. And they had on the um, generator for air conditioning. And when my granddaughter went to wake up the baby, which is 19 months old, she didn't respond. She couldn't get her to respond at all. And she picked her up and she just went, limp like a rag doll, and her head flopped flopped backwards. And what had happened was that the generator was creating carbon monoxide. So they um, called 911, and another family took them to the dock. The ambulance took them to the hospital. They spent the night, and they're all okay. <laughs> the, the baby had 10% carbon monoxide in her. It was a miracle. So, so God, God is good. All the time. Amen. He's faithful. And... So that is... Uh, a beautiful testimony. Uh, imagine children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren all in that one confined space. There was six of them. But the younger you are, the more, yeah. God is faithful. Amen. And Vicki, this week, God is faithful for you. And uh, it's been a journey, hasn't it? And we've called out to the Lord for you. And uh, God's going to be with Tim and Vicki, this kind of starting the chemo uh, kind of journey, right? Are you encouraged by the Lord? Are you concerned? Or how can you want to just share how we can best pray for you? Let's just kind of reach our hands out. Lord, we've already prayed, but uh, I don't know. This is, this is family. Uh, this is not just Vicky's story. This is our family, our church family. And Lord, you've uh, redeemed her. You saved her. And we're very confident in that, Lord. And so now we reach out, Lord, and pray for uh, just the physical. Uh, as I prayed earlier for her this morning, Lord, all those medicine and chemicals are going to go into her body. And they're going to go deep into her cells. And Lord, we pray that you perceive that. 
that you would kind of go before all those, all that medicine, and Lord, that you would have already ministered and touched her body, because you made it. She is wonderfully and fearfully made. And Lord, uh, we're very confident in you. We thank you for doctors. We thank you for nurses. Amen. But Lord, we're going to just call out to you. Heal and touch Vicki, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody else want to share what God has done this week? Does she have a big voice? Can you hear her? Okay. Amen. So we're talking about Kermit King. Uh, the reason we know that because that school was the, the, the newest school in Paso and and Paul was the, the founding principal. And so, uh, amen. He stole my wife over. <laughs> Winfrey Piper was fine, but like, and we're not one who do a lot of changing. We're kind, not that we're stuck in the mud, but we're just kind of like, there's a verse that says, learn how to be content in, in a little or in a lot. And, and somehow we don't have, I, mean, some, I have some friends, like every three years, they're moving on, they're moving on. And, and, but Paul moved Christina on. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else pray this week as you went by a school? Okay, John. Good, good. Was it, was it kind of, what, what happened in your spirit as you prayed? Anybody just was? Uh-huh. So Pam still is going 35 instead of 25. But I felt it in my heart thinking about my son had been to Lewis and the children that were there and he saw how and I thought we should slow down and give him that thought. Amen. 
So our challenge last week was to, uh, as we kind of went through the school zones, is to slow down, but just begin to, to pray. And we prayed for area schools. We prayed for principals. We prayed for... So can we do that right now? Can we just... We won't stand today. We won't go to those areas. But can we just pray for our schools and our kids and our administrators? I wonder if somebody here would like to raise their hand and say, Pastor Guy, I'll pray for our schools, our teachers, our kids, and I'll bring this mic on over. I'm very dear to Vicki's heart, I know. This is, she loves kids. <laughs> oh, Heavenly Father, I just ask you right now to come before all of these schools, stand before each classroom, over each desk, with each teacher. It's hard to be a teacher nowadays in our school system and an administrator. And Lord, I just pray that you'll guide these teachers and guide these youngsters with all the different curriculums coming in through our schools that we might not agree with. We just pray that you will protect our kids' minds and their spirits, open them to being friends with each other, accepting of everybody's differences, knowing that we're to love everybody. We just pray that your spirit will flow into these schools, Lord, and into the, outside, into the extra out time of school, the sports and the activities and the dance and the theater and the things that the kids are involved in. Be there too. Show them that you're there and, and with each leader that leads these things that, that they can be a, just a, an example of you through their words, through the way they care about the kids. Help them to feel accepted, Lord, especially the kids that just have home lives that are so rough. And maybe you don't know it when they're at school, but that's their safe place. That's their place to be themselves. That's their place to feel love for six hours a day before they go back home to maybe a home of alcoholism or nobody there or divorce or who, who knows what. I know my boys have been through that. So just be with them and be with our teachers and, and bless these kids and help us to raise the next generation of kids that love you. In your name, amen. I know you don't have, most of you don't have the privilege to be there, and so I will share. So I was downstairs on Thursday, and Kaya's like, Pastor Guy, FCA's going to meet on Thursday. It was, it was really cool, because we, we're not calling the meetings, the kids are. I mean, and, and, it, and we prayed together, and we planned, and there was a little group of students there, and then on Tuesday uh, the, at, at Lewis Middle School. Again, it was like the first week of school. Do you really get started? And the kids were like, we're meeting. And, and, and there was a group of students praying for, for, for Lewis. And tomorrow, there's going to be a group of students kind of working and praying for Flamson. And that's happening all over. I, that's just what I'm privileged to see. And we just keep, there says, the fan into flame, the gifts of God. And so these, uh, as the Spirit comes, and have you guys, um, who, anybody else a pyro here? I'm going to have a little pyro in me. I know Melissa is. So last night we were like, whoa, who lit this fire? They were trying to blame me, and Melissa was just kind of laughing. But what happens is you, as you, one log will burn out, and you put two or three together, they kind of burn together. They, burn, they, they continue to burn. And the Bible says they kind of fan into flames. And these students and teachers and administrators and the church is kind of that praying force, that wind, that fan that is beginning. I know Bob Rigo is a believer. And we, I, might, I can go around this room and maybe you're like, but 
Understand that as parents, we can fan that flame. We're not the flame. You know, Christ is the flame. He's put the Holy Spirit in us. We know that at baptism, at, at, at the baptism in Acts 2, of the Spirit, there was like flames. And so there's these, these symbols of, of, of so it's a fan in the flame, the gifts that God has kind of started. And so uh, I think if I was a parent, I would ask the question, what about my kid's school? Is there something happening there? Is there a child evangelism, or is there a youth for Christ, or is there a young life? Is there, is there, a, is there a Christian club? And, and, and if you find out that there's not, then begin to pray for one. And then we as pastors, we want, we're networking and we're kind of discovering because, again, this is our spiritual responsibility as, as God's people. If we don't take care of it, no one's going to take care of it. We are, we are God's people, and that's why we need to work together. That's why I work with Pastor Tim and Pastor Steve, and, and we work together. I work with Matt, and, and, and you know, if we just let our schools just kind of like, oh, that's somebody else's job, or... No, that, those, that's our job as a church, right? And so we're that fan. We're, as we're driving by, like, Lord, whatever you... Because every school has believers. Every school has students. Every, and, it's, and it's really important that we begin to see through spiritual eyes for that. You understand that? And so it was really... So I was leaving. This is practical because this is how you have to begin to, like, let the Holy Spirit lead you. So Thursday, we had a little FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so the star, one of the star football guys, Cade England, he grew up in this church. Uh, his grandpa and his grandma were in this church. And so Cade's a senior. He missed two field goals yes, on Friday. So pray for him because I know he's not happy. He's very competitive, but like he's on fire inside to lead this. FCA. Kaya's on fire, like, bring it on. I'm ready, Pastor Guy. There's others that are going to come together. And, and as God puts that in there, they need to know that there's people praying for them. And uh, I mean, it's neat because as you give tithes and you, you give offerings, uh, then we're able to like spread a little bit of that onto these clubs. It all takes something to do ministry. And so we're all part of the prayer. And, uh, and so as we and, and even if, like, you don't have any of your kids or any of your grandkids involved, you begin to sense that, God, what are we doing in our community? We are a community, and we're small enough. I mean, I grew up in a town where there's, like, 12 high schools, like, and it's like, how do you ever? But we're a community. We know each other. We care for each other. Uh, as you begin to see students that get saved at a camp, and they go to Mexico, and there's like, okay, I'm done with Mexico, but... Can I make my high school mission field? Or can I, can I as, a, as a teacher, can I open my classroom on Tuesdays to let somebody else come in and, and be part? And so, again, if you have kids or grandkids, just ask that question. And then as parents, you get to then say, you get to kind of challenge your kids. I know you can't make your kids go to, because I have kid, parents that are going like, I want my kids so bad to go to that Christian club, but they said no, they have their lunch, they're like not interested, and they just encourage them. Uh, you can't make even students do something, but you can encourage them. I know there's some great things happening in Templeton. I, I, I know there's, I mean, I don't know everything, but if you have questions, I can find the answer. And then we can kind of continue to pray, and we'll continue to report uh, 
we're having kind of a mission emphasis coming, and we'll have students up here, and we as a church will pray for students that are kind of helping at each schools. And so you realize there's not just talk, but there's actually like faces, and the Spirit of God lives in them, and the Spirit of God will begin to kind of blow through them. And as you have, remember we we're, we do better together. And we're, we're, when there's a cord of three, it's not easily broken. And you begin to see all these verses about teamwork. You take them to Jesus. You pick the four corners up and you, you kind of take them to the presence of the Lord. You can't save them. You can't heal them. But you can kind of take them to Jesus. And then, then God's going to show up in their life. And so that's when the Christian life gets exciting. You know, if we're just coming and just kind of like, ooh, I'm just going to sit down and amen. I'm glad you're here. But like, you, Lord, put a little fire in my heart. Give me a burden for a school, for a homeschool, for a, for a, a ministry in, 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 in the town. And we're rich here. We have, there's a lot of beautiful things happening. And I want to kind of expose you to those things so you realize that it's not all bad news. There's a lot of beautiful things that are taking place. That's why you need to see Sean uh, in, in New Zealand or Tatum uh, in where? Australia, and a FaceTime's a pretty easy thing, right, Chad? So we got to figure out how to FaceTime from phone to there. That's what we're working on. So you can actually see Tatum, the same girl that you prayed for right here. Amen? Ushers, come forward. They're waving their uh, baskets at me. <laughs> this is the fun part of being a pastor, is sharing a big picture with you. We're going to open God's Word, but you may be sitting here and say, Pastor Guy, I, I, I already got here today. I am just struggling, or whatever your story is, but the same God that blows life into, into students or into campuses will blow life into your life, blow life into your marriage, a minister to your kids. Uh, it's the same God. Uh, so, Lord, thank you that we can be givers. I heard a great story this week about somebody at CLC who, who kind of like said, I put money in the offering. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I was just kind of being obedient. And it was, no one told me how much or whatever. And the next day, she said, I got a raise, unexpected raise, and that's the God I serve. I know sometimes we give, and we get no raises. There's no formula. We can't manipulate you, Lord. But somehow the Bible says that we can't outgive God. And Lord, as, uh, as we're faithful in giving, we pray that the words you gave me this week was life-changing ministry would flow through our church. Not just ministry, but life-changing ministry would flow from, from your people. And so, Lord, as we give, uh, we're, we're wanting to give to life-changing ministries. If, it, if it's tree of life and the, and the fetus of, of a, a baby that you know their name, Lord, uh, if it's the hungry at Lowe's and Fishes, we're part of all those things, Lord. Uh, thank you that we as a church care. And Lord, show us how to give and care even in a greater way, empowered by your spirit. Everybody said, amen. Thank you, guys. Oh, man. Lori, I think Lori, Miss Lori right here, 60 years this week, right, married? Let's give her a hand. If you have not had a chance to get to know one of the most precious people in this world, here's one right here. Amen. So you don't whisper me little secrets, do you? There's some secrets I keep, but there's other secrets I don't. So 60 years, we want to be a church that honors marriage. 
and uh, her husband doesn't come to church with her, but she prays for her husband, and she loves her husband 60 years, and amen for, uh, for examples, for uh, faithfulness. Um, we can make excuses. I'm not going to tell you how old she is because that's a secret. But if she's been married 60 years, that means she might be somewhere. <laughs> but we honor you, and I pray that uh, whatever you do, it, and you and your husband, he's a great guy, Bill. He's a great fan of baseball. And uh, he picks her up and drops her off. And if you know Bill, just, we're, we're just praying that God does a work in his life, right? If he was here... He would say, amen, I need to work in my life. Come on. <laughs> so congratulations, uh, Lori, and I didn't want to miss that opportunity. It's rich. As a church, we're rich. There's a lot of rich things in this church, and uh, sometimes you put it on a human scale, and it's like, oh, it just a sweet lady. But you get to know this sweet lady. There's courage there. She is a daughter who works with the, the special needs in Costa Mesa, she's praying for this daughter. They're just we just we we just keep coming alongside. As many good things are happening, she needs our prayer. She needs our 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 love, our, our support. Announcements: How are we doing? Okay, I'm, I got to keep moving. So last week we announced that Chad is our new youth director starting this week. So. He's up in the sound room, but starting September 1st, uh, he'll be our youth director, and then soon he'll be the youth pastor. So he's got some, still a few things to kind of put together, but he's working that way. And we could, you can call him what you want. I'm going to kind of use the director because we'll celebrate when that time comes where he's kind of a, like official. And, uh, and so we'll begin to kind of continue to work together. And, 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 and so we're going to honor what God's doing, because this is not just a Chad thing. This church is not a Corey thing or, or a Christine thing. This is a God thing, and we want to be about God's work. And uh, amen? We want to be about God's business. Uh, and in that, like last night we did God's business, and we called it Family Fun Night, and it wasn't work at all. It was fun. It was just like, like we were chucking Chase around. We were like... Yeah, we were just having fun. Like, Dad would throw him. I think I was a better thrower and catcher because ask Jocelyn. is like, Mike said, Mike, you, don't even have, you can't even throw your son very well, you know? And like, I was in the pool, in the pool. And I think the philosopher said, we never had so many toddlers in our pool, right? Did you count them? There was a, a few toddlers, huh? I think Jason, so Jason's swimming away in the pool, right? And it's like, it's worship time. I'm thinking, do we have worship tonight? Because we're having so much fun just being together. And we do worship a lot. And we, sometimes we don't hang it. And some of the people that were there go, are we going to worship? I'm thinking, okay, it's time to worship. On my watch, hey, Jason, it's like, it's time to worship. Jason's like, he's like, I'm all wet. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go get my guitar. <laughs> Amen. We do life together. Corey talked about that last night. Thank you, Corey, for just, you did a great job sharing. It was awesome. The kids were so well behaved last night because they knew the s'mores were coming. So I was like, how do you keep kids from just like, the s'mores were coming. They were like, we get s'mores. And it was, it was pretty amazing. So in two weeks, we're going to honor what God's doing in Chad's life. 
And uh, Chad's going to bring God's word. We're going to have a worship time. And then we're going to go downstairs and have a what? A big old barbecue. And so the churches are going to provide, which is us, but the churches are going to pay for out of your giving, tithes, and offerings. We're going to do barbecue chicken and bread and ice cream. What you're going to bring is green salad or a pasta salad or a potato salad or a fruit salad. So we haven't passed one of these around kind of on purpose for a while. Yes. We're going to barbecue chicken. And we're going to deep fry the ice cream. No. <laughs> no, we're, we're going to barbecue chicken. And she'll come down. And, but you guys will bring the salads. And this is kind of for everybody. My hope is that there's students. There's quite a few students. And families are invited. And uh, we're just going to celebrate uh, and as Chad will bring us the word, we'll have worship, we'll have prayer time, and then we'll go downstairs and have a big old feast, big old barbecue. So if you're uh, wanting to help barbecue, let me know, or just let us know. But I'm going to pass a sheet around, and uh, we can uh, do sign-ups for salads, and we'll pass a sheet around for, I think we have two weeks still, this week and next week, and then we'll, it'll be two weeks away, so... It was fun because I was with Johnny. Johnny's down with the kids, and he looks at me, Pastor Guy, and he has a big smile on his face. And he, 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 Johnny is Jessica's son, and he, he's quite the kid. I just kind of get to know him. But he says, you know what? We get to do this again. I'm saying, get to do what again? I haven't asked Jason and Melissa to do this again. And he goes, no, we're going to be at the beach all together. And I'm already, I'm planning on being there. And I'm thinking, what's he talking about? And I remember we're doing like a beach day. So on September 24th, we're going to come together, not just young families, but the whole church. And if you're game, we're going down to Cayucas, and we're going to do a barbecue, and we're going to play volleyball, and we're going to do, if people would like to be baptized, we're going to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we're going to bring our boogie boards and our cornhole, and then you can drive, or you can take the bus, and, and you can bring a sweatshirt, because we don't know what the weather is going to be, but we're just going to do as a church on Sunday the 24th, and... That's in your bulletin. You can tell this is a Chad flyer. You could tell that this is a, a guy and Kathleen flyer. <laughs> See the difference? That's why we hired them. Because we kind of want flyers like this. This is a good flyer, but it's not one of these. So, uh, and you know, we had a church in town donate us a color printer, which is like, Wow, that one looks pretty good in color. So mark your calendars. Sound good? Let's open the Word of God up. Let's go to uh, Psalms 107. Lord, thank you for your Word. Thank you for the strength of your Word and the healing of your Word. Lord, thank you that your Word is everything. And Lord, thank you that we have, a, in a sense, the book, um, God's Word, to help us kind of in our journey, Lord, we're not left without a map, with not left without instructions, we're not left without wisdom. Lord, you said it was good for him, for you to leave. They send you the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, that we have that. Open our, our hearts to your Word today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, Psalms 107, verses 1, 2, and 3. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? good. His love endures forever. And because of that, because we have a good God and his love endures forever, 
verse number two. Last week we said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands as far as the east is from the north and the south. And so our theme was let the redeemed of the Lord talk about it. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let the redeemed of the Lord understand that God is faithful and that his love endures forever. I'm going to review just for a moment. Who are the redeemed of the Lord? They're you and me. You came in the right time. See, he said, amen. You're going to be as good as this guy back here in the back. Pretty soon you guys will have to have a little amen shouting competition. Who are the redeemed of the Lord? We are. Uh, Peter tells us in 1 Peter verse 1, 18 and 19, does a kind of an interesting job because it's what have we been redeemed by? For we know that it is not with perishable things as silver and gold that we have been redeemed. And it says we've been redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But this is what we've been redeemed by. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The precious blood of Christ. God has redeemed us. God has bought us back. And I've never quite seen this word, by trading the life of his only son, Jesus Christ. So it wasn't, salvation in a sense is free for us, but it costed him dearly. And he had to buy us back, and what he spent was his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, it wasn't cheap because he gave of his, his blood. And it wasn't measured out. It was poured out. As we might already know, to be redeemed is to be bought back or purchased again. And I'm going to just share the story because it's a great story. And I shared it last week. And then we're going to jump into some really cool new stuff. It's a story about a little boy. And he spent many, many, many hours on this little sailboat. And he built it with the finest detail. He then took that boat, because anything that's worth building is worth using, he took it down to the river, down to the water. However, with the wind and and the currents, the, the little sailboat got away from him. The strong wind and the current carried the boat away, and the broken-hearted boy knew that how hard he had worked on this boat. Further down the river, the story goes, a man found this little boat and took it to town, and he sold it to kind of like a pawn shop or a secondhand store. And later that day, the boy was walking through town. Sad. He lost his little boat, his little sailboat. But then he saw it in the window. He goes, that is my boat. I can't believe it. What is that boat doing in the window? I'm going to go in and claim that boat because it's, I made it. It's mine. So entering the store, he told the owner that the boat belonged to him. What do you think the owner did? Kind of laughed because he, he had to buy that boat and he had to put it in the window to make some cash. But the little boy couldn't quite prove that that boat was his. And the man told him the only way he could get the boat was to buy it. The boy wanted it back so badly he did exactly that. As he took the boat from the hand of the storekeeper, he looked at it 
and said, little boat, you're twice mine. I made you and I bought you. In the same way, we are twice God's. Our Father in heaven has created us. And he also has bought us with the price of his son, Jesus Christ. And he's redeemed us. So we kind of spent some time with that last week. And that we've been redeemed and we've been created by God. And we've been bought back by the blood of Jesus. And that because we're redeemed, we can't keep our mouth shut. That we have to say so. We have to share it whenever and wherever we can. Uh, because when good things happen, we want to what? We want to share the goodness of the Lord. Because we share the goodness of the Lord with somebody who is maybe in a struggling place. We're not the center of the story. Who's the center of the story? Jesus. And if Jesus has done this for me, God's going to meet you. I don't know how God's going to meet you, but he's going to meet you. Because he never leaves us or he never forsakes us. You talked, like, it's a crazy story, is is Vicky's mom. How many years has she lived since her cancer? 41 years. And she was given how long to live? Six months. And if Mary was here, she would say, look at the goodness of the Lord. So now Vicky gets to take, we don't know what God's going to do with Vicky. We're praying for 41 years, right? Amen? But we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that we have a good God who is faithful and who has redeemed us. And we can stand firm in that. So who are the redeemed of the Lord? Only the blood-bought children of God. What are the redeemed of the Lord to say? Let's go tell the story. Let's tell of God's grace and mercy and power that he created us and he bought us. Where should, we re- where should the redeemed say it? Whenever we have a chance. Maybe everywhere. When should the redeemed of the Lord say so? At every opportunity. Why should the redeemed of the Lord say so? Because the news is so great. If you're, if you're kind of a quiet person, how many quiet people do we have in the room? You're going to do it in a quiet way. God's not going to make you, like, that's okay. You can, when, when you say so, you might do it in a real quiet way. How many people are kind of big mouths? Anybody in here? Okay, I see a few hands. So when you share the goodness of the Lord, it might be in a little more of a bold way, but if it's a quiet soft, gentle way, or kind of a bold and maybe even offensive way, we do it in love. And we do it whenever we have the opportunity. And we do it in, with the hope that they will get part of the goodness of God. Amen? Are we good? Okay. I wasn't sure if somebody said something to me or not. I was just kind of a... So as we continue on to Psalms 107, and we are... Doing great. Uh, those of us who have been redeemed have something to be thankful for. So there are four times in Psalms 107, verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31. And so whenever it's repeated again and again and again and again and again, it means it's important. It means that, the like, okay, don't miss this the first time, and don't miss it the second time, and you, just in case, you, I, I'm going to say it the third time, and if you don't get it the third time, I hope you get it the fourth time, and all these verses say the same thing, and Psalms is really good at, like, repeating this, uh, itself. Let 
them give thanks to the Lord. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds before men. And that's four times in Psalms 107. So he starts off by saying, let the redeemed open their mouth and say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And then he says again, let the redeemed give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and for his wonderful deeds before all men. In verses 4 through 32, there are four pictures of redemption. There's four different pictures of what redemption looks like. So let's look at the first picture. Verses 4 through, looks like verse 9. So stories of redemption. You have a story of redemption. Each one of you who have been saved have a story that talks about how the Lord bought you back and how you receive that story and how you begin to walk in redemption. It's one thing to receive it, then we have to learn how to walk in it. Some wandered in the desert wastelands, finding nowhere, no way to a city where they could settle. Verse 5, they were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Verse 6, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Verse 8, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he satisfies the thirsty and fulfills the hungry with good things. So it's four stories of redemption. And then in each story, there are four things happening. First is the problem. Everybody say problem. Okay, problem, situation. The second is a plea or a prayer. So in these four stories, there's a problem, and then there's a prayer. And then there's a pardon. What did God do? Uh, how did God answer the prayer? How did God answer the plea? And so there's a problem, there's a prayer or plea, there's a pardon, and then there's a response of praise. So if you read through these four pictures of what it is to be redeemed, those four things begin to happen every time. There's a problem, there's a prayer, there's a pardon, there's an answer, and there's praise. So it's P-P-P-P. Got it. So let's look at the first, the first one. So what's the problem in verse 4 and 5? They wandered in the wilderness. They were lost. And they could find, finding no way to a city where they could settle. We're on a journey. Have you ever been lost before? Yeah, it's really easy to wander and feel like there's no place for me to belong. There's no place I can call home. There's nobody that kind of wants me. They became hungry and thirsty. When you're lost in the wilderness, nowadays we have GPS. And like, I know how long it's going to take me to get to my mom's house. I know how many little red areas there are and how many orange. I know, I know how much those. They didn't have any of those things. And when they wandered, they, there was no street signs. They just wandered. 
and they may have heard from a from somebody that you kind of head that direction, and uh, there's no fast foods, right? There's no gas stations. There's no AM, PM markets. When you're wandering out in the desert, you are hungry and you're thirsty, and it says their lives are ebbed away. So is there a problem there? Yeah, there's a problem. Now, we're talking about a journey, but we're also talking about like our journey of life, and we're all, all on that journey. And at times, we get lost, we get hungry, we get thirsty, and we get tired. We wonder, can I take an, even take another step? It could be a job situation, it could be a marriage, it could be, it could be a, a dream, a career, it could be friendships. We're in this kind of like this journey, and it's not, is it an easy journey? It's, it's, it, you kind of like, I wander, and, I, and I'm hungry, and I'm thirsty, and like, I'm tired. So when we come to that point, verse 6 is the prayer. And the prayer is, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Amen. We have a place and a person to call to. And sometimes in our lostness and in our being hungry and in thirsty and being tired, we can cry out to the Lord. We can always cry out to the Lord. Uh, we were leaving Lake Havasu, and we were in a Dodge station wagon, which tells you how, how it's an old story. And we were leaving a pastor and his wife that my mom and dad got saved through his ministry. And so it was kind of like, as kids, I'm going like, so we were in Lake Havasu, and like, that's a desert. Between Lake Havasu and San Diego, there's a lot of desert. So when I read this, I'm thinking, yeah. So we had our first blowout, and my dad was kind of a macho guy, like, okay, I got my spare, my jack, and he put it on. And I was like, and then we make a wrong turn. And now we're kind of lost out in the desert, and we really didn't have much food, and we didn't really have much water, and all of a sudden we had a second blowout. And, and like, now what do we do, Dad? And it was like, well, I'm going to take that tire off. I'm going to find a gas station. I'm, I'm going to get both these tires fixed. So you're going to leave us in this Dodge Dart on a jack next to a freeway. Every time those big semis come by, man, the whole car kind of shook. Can you kind of, mom, three boys, dad, hitchhiking with two tires. Woo! And we got hungry and thirsty. There was really not much food in the car. Uh, it, was, it was scary. I can remember crying. The big guy that I was, like, oh, we're and like my dad looked at us and said, I'll be back. <laughs> he came back like four hours later. And God bless his soul, he had to break the tires down with like sledgehammer. And it was a tubeless tire, and he had to put tubes in it because they didn't have anything else. So he bought an oversized tube, put it in both tires, had to break them down, and then re-pump them up, and he, we got it. And he brought a couple bottles of water. It was like talking about lost we cried out for help. In a sense, my, my dad took care of us. I kept on praying, Lord, no more flat tires. You ever prayed in your life when you're on a journey? It's like, if one more thing goes, if one more thing goes wrong, what am I going to do? You ever been there? I mean, I'm not talking about maybe the Dodge Dart. I'm just talking about life. If I get one more report from the doctor, if I get one more bounce check, if I get one more call from the principal, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the Word of God says they cried out in their trouble. And the pardon came. 
And there's a beautiful list of God's answers in this chapter. There's an there's a, a answer for every one of you. Uh, I listed all the answers on the back page. Probably not going to get there. But in this one story, he said, he delivered them from their distress. By the way, my dad had to hitchhike back. Two tires, now they're full. And he put them on the car and we got back to San Diego. He delivered them from their distress. He led them in by the straight path to a city where they could settle. Wow. He delivered them and he led them. And what is, what is our response? So we've got the problem, we've got the prayer, and we've got the, the answer, the pardon. And what was the response that God's people said? Verse 8, let them give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever and his wonderful deeds for all men. So there's praise. In a moment, you're going to have an opportunity as a redeemed to praise the Lord. We all have problems. We call out to the almighty God. The Lord begins to answer them, sometimes not as quickly as we'd like. Sometimes we feel like he's deaf. But we know that God is faithful. And he'll deliver us. And he'll lead us. And he'll settle us in. And then in that, we have a sense of praise. We give thanks to the Lord. And there's kind of a second blessing here in in verse 8 that comes from the Lord. He satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. The next little story is talking about being in a dark place and the deepest gloom, feeling like we have chains wrapped around us. It even says that we have rebelled against God and his word, and we despise the counsel of the Most High. You ever been in that, on that journey? Dino's hand goes up. I mean, it's, it, it reads something like, some sat in darkness and Deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains. They had rebelled against the words of God. They despised the counsel of the Most High. And he subjected them to bitter labor. There's results of sin. They stumbled and and there was no help. So the situation is one of being in prison one of being in in depression, one of being darkness. And that's the problem. And the plea is a pre, it says, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And then here comes the blessing. Here comes the pardon. He brought them out of the darkest, of the deepest gloom. He broke away their chains. You slide down a verse. He broke the gates of bronze and he cut through the bars of iron. Doesn't matter what we're prisoners to. Anger, rebellion, alcohol, brokenness. There's so many chains out there. And my God can, he says, he saved me. He brought me out of darkness and out of the deepest gloom, he broke away their might, the chains. 
He breaks the gates of bronze. He cuts through the bars of iron. With God, all things are possible. And then as the praise, as our response is to let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful kindness, wonderful deeds to all men. So we're going to stop right there. There's two more beautiful pictures of redemption. And uh, this first one was this journey. And the second one is kind of being a prisoner. And we know that sin in prisons and that Jesus has set the prisoner free. The next one has to do with sickness. And the next one has about being in a storm. So next week we'll look at some of those accounts. And when we get done... And this morning, have you ever been hungry? Have you ever been thirsty? Have you ever been tired in the wilderness? Have you ever been a prisoner to something, a sin, a habit, a bad attitude? We all have. We need to cry out to God. And as God begins to answer and as God begins to deliver, as he begins to deliver us and lead us and save us, and breaks us out of darkness and gloom and breaks us away from our chains and begins to tear down those iron gates, begins to cut through the bars of iron. And we'll see that he brings faith through his word and he heals and he rescues and he stills the storm and he guides us into a safe place. And our response, two responses, we cry out and then we praise so we're going to do that right now. We're going to have the worship team come up. And as a response, I'm going to have you stand. And uh, you're going to have a chance to either cry out or to praise. And we're going to go through a song and just allow the presence of the Lord. If you find yourself in a weird place in your journey, if you feel like you've been bound by uh, chains, by rebellion, by bad decisions, we have a God that forgives and pardons. We have a God that restores. We have a God that redeems. And the word of God is really clear in Psalms 107. And everybody said, amen.